Hi, this is Dave from Do It With Dave. I'm a former overweight, unhealthy, and stressed out criminal defense attorney who at age 60 left that life behind and instead chose a life of health, happiness, and fitness. And today at age 75, yes, that's right, age 75, I am in by far the best physical mental, and emotional shape of my life. If I can completely transform myself by rewiring my brain and rebuilding my body, so can you. So follow along with doitwithdave.com for my daily tips, weekly podcasts, videos, and blogs to begin your journey to dramatically improve your life using small steps that can produce big results. Hi, this is Dave with another episode of Do It With Dave. A few weeks ago, I spoke about the great health benefits of coffee and how coffee is trending towards becoming the super drink of the 21st century. Just this past Tuesday, I happened to look at the New York Times science section, and an article appeared entitled, A Longer Life with Coffee. So I just want to update you. This article stated, researchers had demographic and health data on up to a half a million British people, averaging age 57 including information on coffee consumption and on genetic variants that affect caffeine metabolism. More than three-quarters of these half a million people were coffee drinkers. The study found that over 10 years, there were 14,235 deaths. Researchers found that the risk of death from any cause and particularly from cancer and cardiovascular diseases, declined steadily as coffee consumption increased. Let me say that again. Cancer and cardiovascular diseases declined steadily as coffee consumption increased. Those who drank a one cup of coffee had a 6% lower risk than those who drank none at all. That's right, one cup of coffee. And people who drank eight or more cups of coffee in a day had a 14% lower risk. In the study in the Journal of American Medical Association, adjusted for age, race, smoking, sex, body mass index, alcohol consumption, and other health and behavioral factors. The associations were similar for ground and instant coffee and for caffeinated and decaffeinated coffee. Moreover, it made no difference whether the people had genetic variances of slower or faster caffeine metabolism. So therefore, it appears that we're on track to really establish the great health benefits of coffee. Now today, I would like to discuss diet or exercise. Which one would be more effective which one is healthier, and which one will give me lasting results? If I try to do both, I know I would fail 
as I don't have the time in my busy day or inclination to do both at the same time. I don't have the extra money to buy expensive fruits, vegetables, fish, or leaner cuts of meat, or to pay for a gym membership or buy equipment for my home. That's how a lot of us think. If your initial goal is to lose weight, then perhaps dieting would seem to be the best way to go. Calories in, calories out. Restrict the number of calories in daily and burn up a greater number of calories during the course of your day, then you will lose weight. The fewer the calories you take in daily, the greater the weight loss if your activities remain stable. Makes sense. Seems like a surefire method of losing weight. What could go wrong? Well, frankly, lots. More and more studies are trending in the direction that dieting isn't all that it's cut out to be. Not suggesting that you can't reach your desired goals from a diet, just there are a lot of red flags associated with dieting. First and foremost, why do you think it seems like there's a new diet book on the market every day? Because the older diets become outdated fast and are quickly replaced with something new with promises of success. There is no definitive method or Bible for dieting to turn to. Every author presents their own particular take on how to successfully diet and why it will work for you. So the first problem with any diet is sustainability. Why can't you sustain being on your diet? It's not all your fault. But it is more psychological than simply being weak-minded. You see, your brain creates cravings. All of us have these cravings, like chocolate or ice cream or a frappuccino. These are usually high-calorie, high-fat, high-sugar food items. Pretty soon your mind and body moves away from resisting these cravings and your dieting ends. Almost all diets operate on the premise of, eat this, but don't eat that. It sounds good, except many of these things you don't eat contain crucial vitamins and minerals the body needs to function. Some of the most recent diets advocate the elimination of some food items and even whole food groups. Some of these foods are the ones that prevent cancers and cardiovascular diseases as well as other conditions. For example, these restrictive carb diets eliminate or restrict carbs and your body will begin burning fat. Here's the problem. Fruits and vegetables are also carbs, and these largely plant-based foods contain the most vitamins and minerals the body needs to function to be healthy and to fight off diseases to the body. Some well-known and respected worldwide health organizations currently do not support the adoption of a low-carb diet for weight loss. Too unhealthy. Recent studies seem to show that the elimination of certain carbs subjects the dieter to a higher risk of, of health concerns. In fact, recent study has shown the entire act of dieting by itself is stressful to the body. So stressful that it causes the cortisol level to rise can cause increased risk of anxiety and depression. So for the first time, I'm actually reading medical articles not talking about 
which diets are the best, but rather whether it's actually healthy or not to diet at all. Another thing about dieting is that too many people are getting the mindset of going on these extreme quick loss diets. Often I hear people say, I need to lose 20 pounds for a wedding next month. Nothing could be worse for you and your body's metabolism. As I said, the body is a wonderful instrument. If you take care of it, it will take care of you. Sometimes the body is so helpful, it will protect you against yourself. And what I mean here is that the body senses when you, you're on these extreme diets that you're not getting the proper nutrients or enough calories, let's say only 1,200 instead of 2,000 for the day, for it to function properly. Instead of your body shutting down completely like your vehicle would when it runs out of fuel, the body's metabolism, which controls the burning of the energy, will slow itself down so you can operate on some lower level on these reduced calorie intakes. This slowdown, while not a complete shutdown, can become permanent. So when you try to start back up after losing weight, your body will start to add weight or fat if you try to consume more than 1,200 calories. So whereas before it took daily eating of over 2,000 calories a day to put on weight, it now only takes 1,200 calories as your metabolism has slowed down permanently. In addition, without the added calories for energy, you begin to feel tired and lethargic all day. Look what happened to all but a very few contestants on some 17 seasons of the world's biggest losers. They have put back all that weight, some of them hundreds of pounds that they took off from extreme dieting. So why bother in the first place, you might ask? Perhaps there is a better way. There is. First, forget about any extreme dieting that leads to rapid weight loss far too unhealthy for your body, including your heart. Second, don't pick a diet that deprives your body of the nutrients, that is the vitamins and minerals it needs to protect you and to function properly. Third, don't slow down or eliminate your normal daily activities because you think you have moved enough during the course of the day. And fourth, for you to be completely successful, you will need to put more time into your exercise regime. Quoting from this Tuesday, July 10th, New York Times Science Section, an article entitled, Exercise Alone May Slim After All. The author, in answering the question, Can Working Out Help Us Drop Pounds, says, quote, A provocative new study involving overweight men and women, in theory, Exercises should contribute substantially to weight loss. It does burn calories. If we do not replace them, our body should achieve negative energy balance, use stored fat for fuel, and shed pounds. But the variable that clouds this is that our metabolisms are not predictable or fair. In studies, participants lose less weight than would be expected given the energy they expended during the controlled exercise. How can this be, you might ask yourself? The fly is in the ointment. 
because it was found that while dieters who didn't exercise lost more weight than people who didn't diet but instead exercised on an average of 150 minutes a week, the reason was clearly concluded to be because in those exercise days, the exercises compensated for the energy they expended by eating more food during the day than on non-exercise days and also moving less than they normally would throughout the day. Taking this information from these studies, a new study was developed under the theory would more exercise be more beneficial to not only burning off calories but contribute to the equivalent of losing weight on a calorie-restrictive diet. The groups were divided into two, and the exercises were the same for both, except for the amount of time of the program. Both groups exercised for 12 weeks. One group did an exercise program five times a week, mostly consisting of brisk walking, in which it took about 30 minutes to burn off around 300 calories a day. The result was very little weight and even less body fat loss was recorded for this group. The main culprit was that although they burned off 1,500 extra calories that week, this group compensated for the loss of calories by eating somewhat more than usual and added around 950 calories for the week. Thus, their total calorie loss from exercising 1,500 minus 950 was only 550 calories for the week. In the second group, they exercised for twice as long, instead of 30 minutes, 60 minutes, five times a week, for a total loss of 3,000 calories. But what was dramatically different is that this second group, although they also compensated with added calories through food intake, they only increased their calorie intake on an average of only 50 calories more than the first group, to around 1,000 calories for the week. So they burnt off 300 calories a week and compensated with an additional 1,000, leaving a weekly deficit of 2,000 calories lost, almost four times the amount of the 550 calories lost by the first group. In addition to losing weight, this second group lost fat. So not only did this second group lose weight, but looked and felt better, and by continuing with their exercise program, was able to maintain the gains they made. In conclusion, diet is not always the answer. Yes, you will lose weight, and there's a greater likelihood that you will gain it back all within two years. Forget these fad diets that come and go. Eat healthy. Watch what you eat and don't overindulge with your calories. Change your lifestyle, which should definitely include exercise. The more exercise it appears, the better. Small changes to your eating habits, as well as exercise, will let these pounds roll off. This is Dave with Do It With Dave saying to keep healthy and keep moving. And remember, it's always harder to hit a moving target.